today on CityCast Madison. As we approach Halloween, the veil between our world and the supernatural is thinning. You just have to know where to look. Today we explore the unexplained, those haunted spots in our city where spirits linger and poltergeists play. You may even see a lake monster or two. Host Bianca Martin learns more about Madison's scary side with Lisa Von Buskirk and Mike Huberty from Madison Ghost Walks. It's Monday, October 23rd. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Hello. Hello. And Mike, how are you doing? A fine, overcast, chilly October uh, morning, Bianca. So it's about as perfect Halloween weather as you can get. Halloween is my time of year, and I have a feeling that it's yours as well. Lisa, right off the bat, what's the most haunted place in Madison? Oh, I think we have the most ghosts, perhaps, in our Orpheum theaters. Theaters always are haunted. Every single one of them, especially the very old ones. Yeah, Orpheum is a very beautiful, like classically old spooky place. I heard about the legend of Pete the Projectionist at the Orpheum Theater downtown. What's going on with that? Who is Pete? The story goes back in the day, he was a projectionist and he wound up killing himself in the projection booth. And the number one way to get a haunting in a theater is to die in that theater. Now he's a pretty active ghost there. He's also been known to taunt one of the former female managers. She felt like she was being poked and grabbed. And the most dramatic story came from the night manager, the guy who cleaned up everything at the end of the night. He was all done with his duties. He was going up to the projection booth to shut off the lights. And when he got there, it was tossed. It was strained up earlier, so he kind of lost. He's like, oh, my God, can't you just leave me alone for one night? Then it shifted. Oh, my gosh. And it got really quiet, and he felt like someone was yelling at him. A foot from his face, he felt hot breath on his face, so he took off. You have to run down the balcony, go out, and then hit the stairs in the lobby. And as soon as he started running down the stairs... All the clean glasses he had at the bar were knocked off as someone took their arm and swooped them all off, and he ran right out. So Pete sounds kind of temperamental. He does, but um, from Mike, the manager, I got a couple more recent stories that absolutely blew his mind. The one that really riles him up is on the third floor balcony bathroom. It's in the corner there. One night it got locked from the inside with a deadbolt. That's how they locked it. And after the show, it wasn't open, so they had to break down the door thinking somebody was sick or something and no one was in there. Oh, my gosh. Was there any windows? Zero windows, teeny tiny bathroom. You can see it. It's the top floor. If you go up to the balcony, it's at the far end. Wow. Okay, well, I... I'm excited to hear more of our haunted places in Madison. Like that is our first entry in with Pete, the projectionist at the Orpheum. But, you know, Mike, what constitutes haunted in terms of these tours and and, and the places and locations? 
Well, it really comes down to some kind of experience that people can't explain. So the haunting could be something as simple as the windows opening for no reason, the doors closing like that. So we don't know who's in the bathroom, right? At the, at the Orpheum, who was in that top floor bathroom that wanted their privacy that badly that night. But it's, it's these unexplained things that happen. And then we'll often find a narrative about them. Okay. So it, it's the idea that something happens, we can't explain it. And then it leads to, well, who could that been? And then the first idea is, well, it's got to be the departed soul of someone who used to live or work in this building and they're still stuck around. Well, who could that be? Then you, you connect it to maybe the characters in history that have uh, worked or, or lived in the place. And then you connect that to, well, what was the building? What was it before it was? Like, what was this land before it was a theater? Was it a, a store, a restaurant, you know? Was it farmland? Was it a cemetery? You know, you, you go through all of those different things to create a story around the unexplained experiences that have happened. Most of the time in these hauntings, something happens to somebody and it's not like the translucent form of the person's walking right up to them and says like, hi, I'm Bob Smith. I've worked here 1963 to 1972. How you doing? I'm going to scare the crap out of you tonight. These things happen, and then it's up to the people there to try to make sense of it. And that's often the first thing they do to make sense of it is to create a haunted story. Lisa, do you know, I feel like I've heard in terms of places that are haunted, the thought is that a spirit is lingering. Like maybe they got stuck or that sort of thing. This, this Pete sounds kind of... Uh disgruntled or, or what like or is it just that they you know what's what's the thought in terms of what is you know if there is someone there from the past as far as ghosts that were somebody that's haunting a place the story usually goes it's someone who died generally with unfinished business and usually all children have unfinished business so if a child dies there's a lot of child ghost like things or if somebody dies old with unfinished business, or if somebody dies violently. Sure. So I've been watching the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh my one God. of my blogs. <laughs> and its premise is that the characters live at the Hellmouth, the opening of hell. And so all kinds of supernatural activity happens there. Mike, how supernatural or ghostly would you say Madison is? I'd say we have a pretty good amount of ghosts per capita. Um, in, in the city, as far as the number of people that lived here compared to the number of places with haunted stories, we're in the top three in Wisconsin for sure, because we have a, a unique confluence of things with all the people that come through for the university, all the people that come from around the state for, uh, you know, the, the, the government business. And then, you know, Madison is a wondrous place because we have incredible history with the uh, Indian mounds. The fact that they're the animal shapes and stuff like that. So this is just a very interesting place um, for a confluence of paranormal activity. Yes. And speaking of confluence, maybe that's not the right word, but the center of our city in certain senses, our state capital, the Wisconsin state capital. Lisa, you host haunted tours in Madison, and that's one of your stops, which definitely tracks as a haunted place for all sorts of reasons. What's yours? Oh, my God. I absolutely love, love, love that building. Every time I go downtown, I just admire it. It's so fantastic. My favorite newest story, I finally got one from one of the uh, tour guides there. I've been working on this for a while. 
You know, you've been in this that beautiful capital, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. You ever gone definitely. up to the elevator to the fourth floor where you can walk out on the balcony and walk around outside? I have not yet had the pleasure, but I know that that's a thing. Well, one thing I always, always recommend is they have a free tour to the public every hour on the hour, pretty much when they're open. And I recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it. And especially about you have out of town guests, it's a great building to see. But if you take the one secret elevator, the only one that's open to you, you go up to the top floor, then you walk down. Then you go to a spiral staircase that's kind of steep and not very forgiving. Up there, you can walk out to not the top, top balcony, but walk all around the rim of the Capitol and get a view of the city. So that's awesome. Finally, I was there the other month, last month, and I was talking to the tour guide. Whenever she goes up there, she says hi to the ghost of Frank Smith. She looked up his story and said he was one of the steel workers when they were building the Capitol. It was all done. They had the 4th of July off and he was consuming a lot of alcohol and he decided that was a day he was going to follow up in the steelworker tradition and plant the flag on the top of the Capitol. He made it up there with a flag and planted the flag and fell right down to the middle of the rotunda. Oh my God. That's such a Wisconsin story. Not to make light of it, but too much alcohol. (laughs) consumed by someone that is such a that is such a fall my goodness and so she she goes once she's at the top she says hello she says hello to frank smith yeah he seems to be a pretty benevolent yeah. ghost what about as you said you've heard multiple stories have you heard anything about like politicians or you know anything like that oh i don't know any specific politicians that haunt the place i know the fourth floor of the south <laughs> they got out of there yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they don't stick around did their service yeah. and <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything about politicians. Right. The ghosts the ghosts have term limits in the Wisconsin State Capitol. Yes. So they, they <laughs> leave after um, after they've fulfilled their civic duty. So speaking of tour guides, like what happens on your walks, Lisa? Well, uh, we have a lovely about an hour and a half walk downtown or on the University of Wisconsin campus. I greet you. I take you to the front of these buildings. I usually cover the history and tell you the ghost stories we have. And I throw on some fabulous, fun Wisconsin facts along the way, too. Yeah. I was going to ask, Mike, do you have to believe in ghosts to enjoy a ghost walk tour? No, uh, not at all. In fact, I would say that, you know, like half the people that come on are a little bit skeptical. On, on most of the tours. But the, the point is not necessarily, you know, that you have to believe in ghosts. The point is understanding that the people who, you know, work and live and have in these places currently and have worked and lived in these places for, you know, decades and centuries, they have their own kind of mythology about where they are. Let's say you're talking to the busboy at, at a restaurant that's got a haunted story. That person's got to go to work every day. Right. So it's like they got to go in the basement, in the in the haunted basement and get the wine, whether the ghost um, messes with them or not. And that's the thing. Like we go to these places for like a one time thing, hoping for some kind of paranormal experience. Oh, will we see something? Will we feel something? Will we hear something? But, you know, somebody's got to clean the rooms at the haunted hotel. And they've got to go through and it. And it doesn't matter to them whether the ghost is going to turn the broom upside down, whatever, like at the. um at the the best western on the park when they when they see that They're like oh 
man, please, ghost, don't mess with me today because I just want to finish my shift and get home. And so everybody that works yeah. and lives in these places has their own relationship to it. And a great way to feel connected to the city in a special and unique way is to come on our tours because you learn not only the history of the buildings and the history of the city at the time, but you're also going to get that information about the relationship that the people have uh, with the places that they live and work. And often that has a paranormal influence. Another like really old building that I feel like we should bring up is my favorite on UW's campus, Science Hall. It's 130 years old, the old red brick beauty off of Bascom Hill. And its top floors once housed UW's anatomy department, like back in the 50s. And so I heard a lot about it when I was on campus way back when. Um, is that at all on your roster or on your you know radar? It's my favorite one on our campus tour by far. Absolutely favorite. I mean, look at it. It's a haunted castle. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. And like, it's 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 all kinds of crazy on the inside, like um, twi like twisty, turny um, halls and, and random doors that maybe don't lead to anywhere. But do you want to talk a little bit why it's your favorite? Well, first of all, look at it and the construction of it. It's um, the oldest steel brick building like that still in use. It was built in the 1880s. And it's fireproof. Frank Lloyd Wright helped on the um, the construction of it, I didn't he? Or I, I believe uh, that um... Frank Lloyd Wright says he helped on the construction of it. He was an assistant to the professor. So, as most things with our guy Frank, he may have exaggerated that a bit. But he was sure. there when it was being built. <laughs> I've heard a lot of Madison folklore about sea serpent-like monsters, <laughs> historical accounts of encounters dating back to like the like late 1800s. Do you have you heard about that? Um, and what what do you guys think people saw? Yeah, we stop at the lake and discuss our lake monsters from 1860 to about 1920. Many many sightings of them. Weirdly enough, it's hard for me to believe today. I'm very skeptical of it. But there were four resorts on on Lake Mendota that were shut down because they were scared of these monsters. Wow. Yeah, they were like they were that was legit. Yeah. That, legit a concern. Yeah. 10 to 15 feet long serpent-like undulating with a flat face of a dogfish and red beady eyes. They never ate or killed anyone, but they did cause a little excitement and disturbances. My personal favorite is the one that happened uh in the early 1920s on Picnic Point. And so, um, I mean, lake monsters, did they exist in Madison? I'm going to say an unqualified yes, I believe. So, okay, you get a couple of co-eds laying out, sunbathing along Picnic Point. You know, you can just imagine them in the 1920s. Like, what kind of swimsuits were they wearing? You know, that kind of thing. You imagine like the stripes. It looks like Waldo's, you know, you know, and by the, by the lake. But they're out there by the lake. They're sunbathing. It's a young woman and a young man. And um, they got their eyes closed. And then the woman starts feeling a tickling at her feet. And she's like, oh, well, this guy's being a little saucy or whatever. So she turns over expecting to say something like, hey, pal, no tickling here. And then instead of her suit her, um, she sees what she described as a serpent with the head of a dragon. And it was licking her toes. And so she jumps back and she said, you know, she wasn't that afraid because she thought the serpent had kind eyes. So 
Who knows? I mean, that was that was one of the last. I mean, there was a lot of newspaper stories from the middle of the 19th century all the way up, you know, to the 1920s, and they even had a nickname for the Madison Sea Serpent. Bojo. Bojo, yeah, but yeah, Bojo, B O Z H O. Bojo was a little bit of a um, a trend. Uh, uh, you might just say he went he went viral in Madison yeah. in the 1920s. <laughs> We haven't seen him since, yeah. but I've got a feeling. I got a feeling he's going to sneak out one of these days, uh, and we're going to see him again. It sounds like you guys definitely get to some of the other supernatural lore in addition to ghosts, which is fun. That's awesome. One thing I noticed, Mike, it seems like most of the haunted places in Madison have this like tons of history, century-old buildings. Are there any modern-day ghosts? I mean, yeah, it's not just buildings that have a huge amount of history. A lot of times. Um, Newer buildings, if they are over old construction, that they seem to activate something in there. Like Lisa, at the I mean, the AC Hotel is not an old building, but your friends there have seen things, right? Yeah, they had something really strange happen at the top, you know, where the restaurant Inovino is. After hours, they were outside, and um, they're inside. Then on the balcony above, they heard like what somebody jumped on at like a really loud bonk. So they went up to look and nobody was there. They checked the cameras. It's cameraed everywhere and the cameras stopped working. So that one oh. time was just done, like a blip. But they swear it's like somebody jumped and landed hard like 10 feet. And there's also the uh, Hotel Magnuson. I believe that's the name. It's It's outside the city. It's by where... Oh, that Reverend Al's Roadhouse or whatever it is. If I Reverend Jim's Roadhouse, and then where Ho Chunk Madison is. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. There's, a, there's yeah. a hotel out there that's relatively new, built in the 21st century. And uh, I think I stayed there once with my mom, and we wanted to do some gambling. And it seemed new and nice at the time, but they've already had paranormal investigation teams come in to check out activity that they're getting inside some of the rooms and people have stayed over and they've you know done the equipment the emf meters and the infrared cameras trying to capture some kind of entities um on camera in madison so yeah so your building does not have to be old to be haunted <laughs> sorry for y'all out there that thought you were getting <laughs> i might be safe um well you guys are just holding the stories for us this is really wonderful it is spooky season and i want to ask before we go briefly like how are you guys going to celebrate halloween well halloween lives in my house in my yard hard so i love halloween i hand out full-size candy bars to kids maybe little bottles of whiskey to adults yeah. and, I'll dress <laughs> and sit on my throne oh my gosh yes lisa is the queen of halloween you know because this is our business uh we take you know halloween season pretty seriously so i like to just walk around uh i, I like to do something a little bit more low-key walk around the neighborhood and go trick-or-treating uh with the kids i think is a is a nice way to do it because it's going to be Halloween the next weekend for us and the weekend after and the weekend after because we're still going to be full throttle spooky season for us uh, all year round. Still spooky season all year yeah. round. Well, that uh, makes my heart happy. It's always Halloween in my heart. So <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Lisa, thank you so much for spending the time and giving us um, the inside scoop. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. It was nice talking to you, Bianca. That was Lisa Von Buskirk and Mike Huberty from Madison Ghost Walks. 
And here's what else Madison's talking about. Sticking with Halloween here, Downtown Madison's Family Halloween returns on Wednesday, October 25th. Get ready to trick-or-treat at 60 locations on State Street and around the Capitol Square. This is for kiddos 12 and under. The event is totally free and runs from 3 to 6 p.m. After that, there's an outdoor screening of the movie Coco at the top of State Street. And if you just can't get enough wholesome Halloween fun, on Friday, October 27th, the Warner Park Community Recreation Center is hosting a family Halloween night from 5 to 8 p.m. There will be hay rides around the park, a bonfire with s'mores, food carts, and a screening of Hocus Pocus. See our show notes for more details about both these events. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone who is into astrology? You know, horror scopes? We'll be back here tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, 